Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome back, our listeners and viewers. It is time for Thriving Your Love. We are really looking forward to another amazing topic on the origin of fears. This is a continuation at this point in our discussion. We've set a foundation and our hopes are you're really starting to understand the power of your emotional experience as a child. And then today we're going to deeper dive to talk about how these emotions and specifically today, we're going to be talking about how fear informs our adult attachment to our adult partners. Before we were talking about the experience of a child and their relationship to their caretaker and how children can be put in situations that create fear and the dynamics that cause a child to respond when they are in desperate need of reassurance. And we see some of the very same, same attachment responses in childhood that we do as adults. And that is how we're going to start today. And I'll hand it over to Claudia, my esteemed friend and colleague. Yeah, Trisha, thank you for this beautiful introduction. I also want to point out, as we explained last week, that we are speaking about emotions separately. So we have talked about shame, and we are talking now about fear. But emotions, they don't come separately like we are talking about them. Usually, they come mixed with other emotions. And sometimes we cannot see an emotion because there's another one that is covering that. And one emotion that covers a lot is anger, especially yes. for the presure. Anger might cover sadness and might cover fear, as we're going to explain now. Also for the withdrawal, numbness, like being anesthetized, being distant, and you look at a withdrawal and you feel like there's nothing there. It's not feeling anything, but actually withdrawal might be just frozen from fear. Right. So we are talking about fear, but we wanna really point out that in real life, fear never or rarely comes alone. It will come with other feelings, but are some feelings such as anger, they may show so strong. We cannot see what is behind. We cannot see what is underneath, but we want to show it today in this podcast so that you who is listening to us, you can start asking yourself, is there something beyond the anger that I see? Is there something beyond that still face that I see in my withdrawal partner? This is what we want to, you know, to call the attention. Because like, for example, what do we see that the worst of all fears, and, and this is actually the title for today, the worst of all fears. Yes. 
the worst of all fears is losing the one whom we love. Yes. Losing our attachment figure for kids, for children to lose their caretakers. For us adults to lose our partner. So this is the worst of all fears. And this brings a lot of insecurity. We know because people, when they are not sure that they are loved, they are really afraid of facing the world on their own. They become anxious. They become very insecure because they don't feel supported. They don't feel connected. They feel alone. And when they feel alone, there is a sense of threat and danger, and they are afraid that they can navigate on their own the waves of life. Yeah. And those waves of life, the reason we spent some time talking about the origin of fears is this fear of abandonment and this fear of rejection, Claudio. And something we were speaking about earlier was how we all have different experiences in our family of origin that will leave us either needing more reassurance or feeling more secure of our our needs being met. And so it's really helpful, as I've learned as a couples therapist, Claudio, is to slow it down, is to really the benefit in, in couples therapy work or couples workshops or individual therapy is you have this benefit to slow it down and understand what just happened. Because deep down inside each and every one of us, we have these longings and needs and they are validated. They're important. We all deserve to be reassured that we are worthy when we don't need anything to do to earn that just by being a human being, you have the right to be loved. That is your birthright. But children and teenagers, then young adults that become adults are given messages that sometimes contradict the the feelings and and memories. And if you take a moment, even as an exercise to reflect on the times that you have felt abandoned and felt rejected, I'm sure Claudio, that you and I just alone, if we were to talk about the times where we felt injured by our parents, we'd be here for a while. Am I right? I know that we've talked about our experiences on this podcast is to say, when we remember these injuries and what we call them in the world of therapy is attachment wounds, these attachment injuries that cause your brain to really tap you on the shoulder and say, don't forget, don't forget you did get hurt. Don't forget. And then what do we do? We protect. And how do we protect? And in the world of EFT, we either pursue, we get critical, we get demanding, we get loud, or we shut down and say, I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to be criticized anymore. I just want to be loved. I want to keep the peace. I want this person in my life. I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to make it worse. I'm just going to hold back, even though I'm upset and I have needs and I have longings and I'll just disappear. Mm -hmm. Well said, Tricia. And you know that what you were explaining about the origins of fear that we talked last time, very good you know, summary that you just did now. And based on the experiences that we had, and not only those experiences, because some of us are born with a tendency to be more insecure. When we have that insecurity, 
we are looking for signs. We are very alert to see any sign of rejection. And what happens is that sometimes there is no rejection actually there. Sometimes there is something very innocent, but right. we might tell ourselves, oh, that person doesn't love me. Yes. So yes. We, we see this so common in, in our couples that we help some differences in couples. One is very organized, very clean, but the other is not like that. And we know that these things come with temperament. People are born this way. We see even in our kids, one is really clean, organized, and, <laughs> and the other, you know, leaves one thing, <laughs> another thing there. Yes. But then a partner tells himself or herself, well, if he or she left that shoe there, and there are 15 years I'm saying not to leave the shoe there, that means I'm not important. Yes. That means that he or she doesn't love me. And then I right. ask, and then I ask, did she tell you or did he tell you that you are yes. not important? He or she doesn't love you? And he says, no, she didn't tell me or he didn't tell me. So it was your conclusion. So what we see is that there is a lack of trust sometimes. And when we, when we are afraid of not being loved, we look for signs that confirm that. And we find those signs. We will always find those signs if we have a difficulty trusting that we can be loved. And there is something that goes together they are in separate if i have difficulty believing that someone loves me i also think that i am not worthy of love so i think that i am unlovable and we see that when people are insecure and they are afraid of losing the one who is so important to them it's also because they have difficulty actually trusting. They have a tendency to think that they are not lovable. And then they are very, they are hypervigilant and they are find things that prove that is really happening to them, that they are in danger. Right, Claudia, that's really capturing the internal experience of a world that's unknown. And as listeners, you may have heard me say this at some point, but a client of mine had described their internal emotional experience as a universe. And I think about when we look at the universe and we look at the stars and we're kind of taken with so much awe of how beautiful it is, is our emotions are incredible because they are a way of us having access to a story that we tell ourselves about our relationships to others, anger, sadness, shame, joy, fear. I mean, all of those are powerful in us understanding in this moment, what, how we understand our relationships to our most precious people and fear is often an invisible, just like our emotions. They're all invisible. However, we have access to the universe, but we can know that the stars are out there, but sometimes we have to take that microscope, right? Uh, the 
it's it's impossible to the naked eye, but we have to have special equipment and and therapy in a sense. As we, Claudia, we have a lot of we have a lot of training between the two of us. Am I right? So I recognize when I work with my couples and I work with my individuals as they don't have this training, they don't have the skill that we are we are dedicating our podcast to giving you this insight so you can put your eyes to the lens and to more deeply understand inside of you and what's outside of you is that in these moments, what are you doing with your fear? Most of us don't want to have the fear because we live in a world where we look to courage and we love stories with a hero that is brave and that is bold and is able to look strong and you know, only shows maybe certain amount of emotions. So we are here to talk about the power of fear and that if we can disclose the fear, if we can uh, under, under a microscope, if we can really see the layers of what fear is, then we can see behind it is a longing of, I want so much to be yours. I so want to be safe with you. I want you to know me. And I want you to accept all of me, not just certain parts, the best of me, but all of me, because we are human and therefore we are flawed and we will be making mistakes. But when we make mistakes, our fear is if I made a mistake, would I lose you? Would you see me as a failure? Would you see me as not good enough? Would you push me away? Would you replace me? Because sometimes, again, we've had experiences in our life with previous relationships, with previous caretakers, that sometimes in our stories we said, Claudio, you gave that example, is did she say that? Did he say that? And the answer is no. It was the story we told ourselves that we are often left saying that's what it felt like. And I like to say this in, in therapy, Claudio, is I'd say, could you turn to them? Could you share what that feeling was like? And so often people go to their head and say, well, it felt terrible. And mm. then they get upset, they get angry. And often pursuers, and I am a pursuer, uh, can get critical and, you know, and use the anger and the criticism as a crutch to keep yourself safe from feeling the fear, because in that fear is a great deal of sadness. I was thinking here, you talked a little bit about the pursuer. And I also talked a little bit about the withdrawal, but we could kind of uh, put our, like uh, the lens now or the microscope and try to look a little bit for the pursuer and for the withdrawal, how they are afraid of not being loved. And you know, Trisha, what I found out is that the fear of one triggers the fear of the other, that triggers the fear of one back. <laughs> which keeps this cycle that we have talked in our, I think, second podcast that we talked about the negative cycle. Like, for example, thinking about the pursuer, what is the fear of the pursuer? So the fear of the pursuer is the withdrawer going away and not coming back because withdrawers are triggered and they are afraid. They go away. They, don't go, they go away for fear as we're going to explain better. But then this going away is going to trigger fear in the pursuer, the fear of abandonment going away and not coming back because the pursuer doesn't know what is happening 
inside of the withdrawer that the pursuer doesn't know why the withdrawer is going away. What the pursuer thinks is, is if he or she goes away, they don't love me. I'm not important to them. They are abandoning me. And it might not be true. You know, I am a, I'm a more withdrawer, right? And then it's great that we are the opposite in, in this because then we can kind of dive in the reality of each one of us. But exactly, if you could, if you could talk, Trisha, a little bit about the, this fear from the standpoint of the pursuer, how, how you see it. Absolutely. Um, so again, uh, viewers who know me well at this point is I am a pursuer. And I do acknowledge that at different times of my life, I can withdraw depending on the topic. So I will say as a disclaimer is we don't always stay true to that lane as like, I'm only a pursuer because I can really understand withdrawing in my own family of origin. I often had to withdraw as um, I you know, had a Korean American father who he was the pursuer. And so I did have to, uh, out of respect, be quiet and withdrawn. So just putting that down as, as culture really can inform our position in the in, in family dynamics. But as a pursuer in my own current romantic relationship is I often feel a great deal of dread when I feel in any kind of conflict. It looks like my husband is closing off on me. And often it looks like he's just not listening to me. He's shutting down. He might even be looking at a window screen, like maybe it's his laptop or a, a phone device. And he's done much better recently about that. But anything that looks like I'm not at the front and center of the importance of we're talking about something and I, I feel him disconnecting, not listening to me. I need the reassurance. So then there's the desperation. It starts off as, Hey, it looks like you're not listening to me. Then that lands as a criticism. And then I'm not getting his attention because he's not responding. And then the adrenaline is on, you know, suddenly there's the hotness of the face. There's the clamminess of the hands. Your heart rate is going up and there's the, the re reaction of how many tools do I have in this moment to get you back to me? And it doesn't really make sense when you're calm, what you're doing is going to be okay, because honestly, I'm not okay with the strategies I'm using. And that's blaming, demanding, controlling, and interrogating. I don't like any of these qualities in any part of my life, yet automatic pilot goes on. And here I am saying and doing things that I cannot believe I'm saying and doing. So this is the experience of me as the pursuer to say, I feel hurt because you are rejecting me mm -hmm. and I don't want you to go. Yeah, so so well explained, so well explained. And it couldn't be better because, you know, since you feel more like, or you identify better as a pursuer, right? As you are explaining now, and I am thinking about your husband, and I'm thinking about myself as being a withdrawer in my relationship, your fear of losing your the person whom you love causes you to, as you said, to blame, to demand, to control, to interrogate what is happening here. You are trying to control your anger because you know 
that your frustration can send him away. He can shut down and look at the computer and you feel abandoned and feel even worse. But as he's so important to you, he's so special to you, losing him is very threatening and it really raises your anxiety. And then you are protesting that distance. He cannot see how important he is to you, right? So then he is afraid also, and then he goes away. It's so interesting how it happens because what I was thinking that is central here for the reality of the withdrawal, he cannot see the fear or the pain underneath the anger. He cannot see that the anger means she loves me. She cannot handle feeling away from me. So she's seeking my attention because I'm important to her. It's hard. Exactly. It's hard for the withdrawer to see. I wrote some, some sentences here and I want you to tell me if you think like it has to do with the pursuers, okay? So yes. here is, if you know how important you are to me and how much I need you, you will hurt me. So I'm not gonna be vulnerable. I'm yes. not gonna be vulnerable. I'm not gonna let you know how important you are to me how I am yes. so scared of losing you. Yes. I will show you my anger. Yes. Because it's very risky to show you how I yes. need you and how scared yes. I am that you go away and you never come back to me. So I will blame, I will demand, I will control, I will attack, but I'm not telling you, honey, I love you so much. You're so important to me. And I'm afraid of losing you and losing you forever. I cannot handle that. Yes, Claudio, I mean, it's it's the great paradox, right? That you've taught me in, in our work together is that it is really courageous to be vulnerable, but a pursuer in our experiences has been hurt as I have shared how much I needed a partner or needed a parent in the past and I was shamed. I was embarrassed. I took that risk and I said, never again. Do I want to get hurt like that again is to show my heart only to be rejected. And so I've certainly been in years and years of therapy where I know connection is vulnerability is to let, let my husband know the hurt and the fear, but my brain says, don't forget that when you shared and showed up with vulnerability, it really was scary because it wasn't received sometimes by people in my life that were healthy enough to accept it. So I do want to name the courage. The great paradox is the courage to be brave enough as pursuers to be able to show to our partners it, how important they are to us and how much we really fear them lo us losing them. That it would be like taking breath, oxygen uh, away, you know, that we really couldn't live without them. And that it is very scary to say that. So Claudio, uh, one of my favorite inter interventions I'd like to use with couples is, can you slice it thinner? You know, what would be a way is, could you say that like, I'm scared to do what you just asked me to do because I'm afraid they're going to see me as needy. I'm going to, I'm afraid they're going to see me as not good enough. 
And I've said that by in my couples therapy work for me as a, as a partner is this is scary thing. The thing you're asking me couples therapist, it's really scary for you to ask me to do this because when I did this before it didn't have a good result, I got rejected. Mm-hmm. So, and I know to our viewers, we're going to have a part one, and then we're also going to have a part two to this. So I feel like Claudia as always, when we do our podcast, we just start warming up and then we're already at the end of time. Uh, but I'm excited for us to continue discussing this important discussion on what you just named is the worst of all fears is for me to share with you how much I love you, how much I desire you and how much I fear losing you that I don't share this with you. Instead, Mm -hmm. I show you my anger that I'm losing you. And that not sharing is exactly the fear. It comes from the fear that if I share, if I share, you go away. You're not going to like me. You're going you're gonna to seem as very weak, very dependent. And then I'm going to take advantage of that and hurt me even further. So I think that the next time we can talk more about this vulnerability, we cannot talk about fear without talking about vulnerability and cannot talk about shame either. Like they are, the three of them are together and then focus more on the reality of the withdrawal as well. Yeah, so we want to invite our listeners to come back next time and listen more about fear, vulnerability, and how it happens in the relationship between the pursuer and the withdrawer. Yeah, this is rich stuff, Claudia, that we're speaking to. And it just makes sense, right? I hope viewers are appreciating how much this makes sense. And I don't know about you, but when I feel like something makes sense, it feels really good. It feels really warm and like a big warm blanket kind of wrapped around me when I'm feeling cold is like, oh, I really love this model, Claudio, this way of understanding how if you understand emotions, you we can understand each other. Yeah. So wonderful. So stay tuned. We're going to have another episode coming out to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.